Итак, прежде чем мы вновь начнем погружаться в исследование нашего наследия, before we continue to study the inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ, we will read the book of Luke 24:44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, "These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me." And for us as the participants of the body of Christ to share together with Christ all the things that are to be fulfilled that are written about him in scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, revealing the truth in the heart, looking at what we need to do from our side to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life. And that is so that we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the great goal that, unfortunately, is reoriented to the practicing of spiritual gifts and evangelism instead. When in scripture it says if we don't do this, if we don't put off our former way of life, where will we end up? And so to fulfill this commanding order, we have been studying three vital, charging, and fundamental acts to put off, be renewed, and put on. We've noted that it is specifically your decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether you transform into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath. More specifically, will the coming about of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee, or will we lose it which will then result in our names being forever blotted out of the book of life, although they may have been written there at one time. In a specific format, we've already looked at the first two questions and stopped to study the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth? relevant to clothing ourselves into the power of our new person who contains the power of the resurrection of Christ and the all-armor of light, we've concluded that we really need God's help in the form of His redeeming mercy. The means of receiving any kind of help, this help demonstrated in the form of the inheritance of the mercies of God, is the armor of prayer or worship in spirit and in truth. We've noted that the genesis of prayer is inherent to the genesis of God, as it's always existed and revealed itself there where God abides. Therefore, the extent or degree of our knowledge of the will of God, which we are studying in the three functions of to put off of the old man, be renewed by the spirit of your mind, and clothe yourself into the new person absolutely depends on the extent of our understanding of the genesis of prayer. Prayer is the language of God, the means given to us by God, and the legitimate right to communicate with God. This is specifically why erecting an altar, identifying the state of the heart and motives of a worshiper of God, as well as the sacrifice that is brought upon such an altar, 
which identified the legit and rightful status of prayer belonged exclusively to those people that were clothed into the rightful virtue and status of a priest. In the New Testament, all are called to be priests, but we can only be so when we die for our nation, for the house of our Father, and for our destructive desires. In other words, when we come out of infancy, spiritual infancy, when we cleanse our heart, our conscience, from dead works. <clears throat> but until that time, you cannot speak of any kind of priesthood, and you cannot be an intercessor. Sometimes people ask others, pray for me, who are you asking? Are they legitimate medians? Do they have the right, uh, the legitimate right to pray for you? People have become so used to asking uh, anyone to pray for them, different people. When sometimes these people, even those who are asking, may know God and may be more dedicated to God than the one they're asking to pray for them, and that's very unfortunate. Because a person that is only only a person that is clothed into the rank and virtue of a priest is a person that is clothed into the virtue of a legitimate median. This person is trusted by God with the right, by the means of legitimate prayer that satisfies the demands of his will and is his language to approach God and enter into the presence of God in order to present his rights and his interests that are demonstrated in his will. Of course, this prayer is linked to also praying in tongues, but not just exclusively praying in tongues, because that only edifies my spirit, and if I'm praying for someone, then I will edify my spirit, but it will not give him or benefit him in any way. I need to pray for him to present his interest, his need, uh, but... To do this, I have to have the legitimate right to be a median and to pray about myself. I need to pray also with my mind, not just with my spirit. Otherwise, nothing will work out. You know, a person is on a boat. He has his... his he directs with his two... Uh, when he rows, he has, uh, in one with only one direction... Uh, it goes in it only. It only goes in one direction. With the other, then it goes in a different direction. And unfortunately, people speak in tongues, uh, forsake who forsake a prayer in uh, prayer by the mind. Uh, they think that the language of uh, of God is praying in tongues, but God's language is praying in both by the mind and spirit as well. One of these prayers is written on the 143rd Psalm of David, and the psalm opens up the conditions based upon which a person is called to form a legitimate foundation for God so that God's mercy may intervene into your life as well as the boundaries of those, of those areas that we rule over and that we carry responsibility for before God. The psalm has become the subject of our next, stu next studies. This is one of the prayers that the saints need to memorize and... Uh, getting on your knees or walking in your room, open up the Bible, open up this place of scripture or another psalm and pray 
it from your name. They're not just written as uh, Psalms of David. They're written as prayers that we need to pray. This is God's language. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. I remember when I was just a young man, I literally went to three different services. Baptist, Pentecostal Church, and Amalekan services, which were around me. And it was the Amalekans that were the ones that uh, fascinated me the most. They beginning to pray, either an elder uh, person in the church, they would begin to pray and pray in, in psalm. And they would... Uh, pray the Psalms, and they were forbidden to pray their own prayers, but only the language of God, these words. If that wasn't enough, they only sang the Psalms of David or any place of Scripture. They opened up the Bible. You can open up any place for them and show them uh, any verse, and they'll begin to sing it. <coughs> And their songs were amazing. They were so uh, intriguing. They had such a surprising uh, system that I've never seen before. I very, very much enjoyed going there and to pray together with them these prayers and sing these prayers and psalms with them. And then I already started to memorize them. Of course, independent from them, but they definitely impacted me. They would pray uh, an entire psalm with expression, and they uh, would state these things to God. And when I'd go to the Pentecostal church, they didn't know how to pray. They would shout and scream as they wanted to. They'd pray in tongues. They shout and say, Lord, give me prayer and in tongues. And then, again, Lord, give me a prayer, forgive me, forgive me. Those magnified God in, their, in these psalms, they would open up their 
uh, heart. David opened up our state, our situation. We're all in the situation of a battle with our old person within, with our lusts, our ambitions, those that are storming inside as hellfire is. And from this, his spirit felt the way that it did and that's why he f- he experienced such things that he states in the psalm why do people not pray these psalms let us at least at home take the bible open it and pray these psalms the phrase cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning indicates the early morning that follows the dark night this symbolizes the resurrection of Christ which we can see in the law of the spirit of life which is called to deliver our body from the law of sin and death and so destroy the stronghold of death within our body and erect the stronghold of the resurrection of Christ in its place. Therefore, in order for David, as well as us, to hear the mercy of God early in the power of the resurrection of Christ as a result of the given to us by God redemption that is in Christ Jesus and by Christ Jesus, it was necessary for David and necessary for us to present to God a legitimate foundation or a specific right that is imprinted upon the tablets of our heart so that he can reveal his resurrection in us and such a legitimate foundation upon the tablets of our heart in the given prayer are ten unique in their nature arguments. Identified as the governing and almighty words of God, converted into promises and an inheritance and commandments which we need to present to God as the consistency of, of our heart, telling God, hear me in your faithfulness and righteousness, hear me for the sake of remembering the days of old and all of your works, because in these works was God's redemption of our spirit, soul, and our body from uh, sin and death, from from uh, corruption. Hear me, for I spread out my hands to you, and we know that they were spread out without wrath and without doubt. If a person had... Uh, some kind of anger or bitterness in their heart against another and lifted their hands up to God, God's, uh, God would be become angered. And so if you have wrath or rebellion in your heart against someone, we often like to become rebellious or complain against someone or something. Uh, we often are faulting another person uh, for our own behavior or actions. Yes, maybe the wife helped uh, uh, bring about whatever it is that you expressed, or the husband uh, brought something about in you that you expressed, that expressed this hellfire, a person became angry, uh, began to shout, began to scream. Why are you shouting? If everything is normal, uh, if the gl- uh, uh, glass of water is pure and the water is pure and you can uh, shake it as much as you want, you can stir it and nothing will come up because it's always clean. Not, uh, hear me for I, in you do I trust. Hear me for I lift up my soul to you. Hear me because in you I take shelter. Hear me for you are my God. Hear me for your name's sake. Hear me for your righteousness' sake, and hear me because I am your servant. In the previous services, we already looked at the nature of the first argument 
and stopped to study the second argument. This is evidence that David's heart contained memories of the days of old and all of the works that were done by God in those old days, which David confessed and presented in prayer as an argument, as evidence, so that God would be able to bring about resurrection in him. We've noted that the symbol of this evidence is the breastplate of judgment of the high priest, which was an item of, of unique and continual remembrance before God, identifying with itself the legitimate example of continual prayer, with which we as kings and priests of the new covenant are to approach God in Christ Jesus and constantly be in communication with him. And this breastplate of judgment was created for and served only one element, one sacral element within the heart of a man. This is the Urim and Thummim, the presence of which allowed God to hear man and allowed man to hear God within his heart. And we know that the symbol of the breastplate of judgment discovers itself in the conscience of a man that is cleansed from dead works, upon the tablets of whom in the twelve names of the patriarchs the example of the status of legitimate prayer in accordance to the demands of the elementary principles of Christ is demonstrated. And so, when we pray based upon this word, then God hears us. And we, based upon this teaching, this word, are able to hear God. He can abide there because his truth is there. The 12 gold settings is ruling truth of the elementary principles of Christ. which identified the order of the given law of God in righteousness and holy truth that we as worshippers of God are called to demonstrate before the face of God in the legitimate foundation of our ba foundation or basis of our continual prayer the 12 precious stones of the engraved upon them as a signet names of the sons of Israel is a symbol and format of our continual prayer presenting with itself the perfect judgments of God contained in the elementary principles of Christ with this we note that it wasn't the golden settings in the form of the truth of the word of God that were adjusted in size and configuration to the precious stones, but the precious stones in the form of our prayers are the ones that were adjusted in size and configuration to fit the golden settings of truth, which is why the revelation of God in the form of the Urim, symbolizing the Holy Spirit, can only exist within the boundaries of the truth, which in the heart of a man is the Thummim, demonstrating the principles of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. As it is written, I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, each one that is wise is one that has Thummim in his heart, the teaching of Christ. I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans. I will put the Urim, I will send the Holy Spirit, that they may make all that I have commanded you. Here it's talking about building the tabernacle and we are called to build ourselves into a holy house and without the Thummim and the Urim we will not be able to build ourselves. The friendship of the Thummim and Urim within the heart of a person is the unification of two formats of godly wisdom. The scriptures state that the carriers of the Thummim and Urim are the true worshippers of God and possess the immune system of the Holy Spirit. The immunity <coughs> one that in other words, touches them, will uh, touch God, and God will react immediately to that. When these people are, <clears throat> are, are someone, if, some, if someone is coming near to these people, 
And if his children do not obtain the Urim and Thummim, they will be blotted out of the book of life. In a specific format, we've already looked at seven qualities that the heart of a warrior in prayer possesses in the first seven, seven precious stones of the breastplate of judgment by which God can continually bring about his will upon planet Earth. And stop to study the eighth quality and the eighth precious stone upon the breastplate of judgment of our heart presented in the virtue of the precious agate stone. The name carved upon the second precious stone of the breastplate of judgment was the name of Asher. He is the eighth son of Jacob, and his name means a captive of blissfulness or blessing. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, How happy I am! The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Genesis 30, 12-13 <coughs> And so, when we're talking about a woman, again, we're talking about a church of saints. It is they that will be calling the fruit of their womb blessed. When translated from the Greek word agad, it means blessed, which absolutely corresponds to the meaning of the name Asher, a captive of bliss or blessing written upon the stone. Again, a voluntary captive of joy. The name of God presented in the precious agate according to the conclusions of a Jewish rabbinate is El Elyon, which means Most High. This directs to the unlimited and sovereign authority or power of God in His unlimited expanse, which He fills with Himself due to His omnipresence, as well as the created by Him visible and invisible creation. And it spreads out eternally and God fills it with himself as one that again does not have uh, boundaries or limits. According to the meaning of the name Asher, the eighth pr principle in the foundation of our continual prayer is the function demonstrated in our voluntary dependence that we with our prayer, being a, a blessed captive of God, would be able to collaborate with the name of God Most High. Relevant to the subject, we've already studied a series of parables and events that we became familiar with and their conditions. We learned that we can fulfill these conditions by the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High, and destroy the stronghold of death within our body in the form of the reigning in sin. This reigning sin is identified as the essence of the old person with his deeds, so that we could cast him from out of our body to hell with noise, and afterwards erect the stronghold of the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of eternal life in the place of the stronghold of death within our body. This condition consists, our next condition that we've been studying, consists in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit, with the right that he alone has, reveals the conditions based upon which we are called to collaborate. Our faith prayer with the name God El Elyon, or God Most High. And this condition consists so that in the circumstances of our hardship, in our life, we, by putting off the old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus, who God or what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus. We have noted that this story is one of the most powerful and voluminous symbols where we see the collaboration of our renewed mind in the form of King David in the name of God Most High, and also the confrontation of our renewed mind with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul, together with reigning sin in the form of our old person with his deeds. 
because it is by the means of the confession of the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us in Christ Jesus, and what God has done in Christ Jesus, and who we are to God in Christ Jesus. God received the required basis or grounds to join the battle for our earthly bodies in order to shame the old person, the reigning sin, in us by the power of his redemption, and forever cast him out into hell with noise. To be able to deliver our body from corruption and death here on, on earth, this is the greatest goal of God that is for his children. To collaborate God or collaborate with God to redeem our body. In character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see an example of the character of legitimate prayer. The first part identifies the condition or state of David's heart as a warrior in prayer, his altar. And this is the legitimate status of his prayer. The second part reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer as the offering upon the altar which gives God the basis to deliver David from the hand of all of his enemies. And the third part describes the prayer, ba prayer battle itself which surpasses the comprehension of the human mind because it is written in the format of an epic battle. <clears throat> in a specific format, we've already looked at the first part and stopped to study the second part, which reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Confessing the power contained in the heart of David in the eight following names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, to be saved from his enemies. And for God discovering the truth, revealing the power of his names in the heart of David, provided God grounds to use his abilities that consist in his eight names to battle against the enemies of David. And so our confessions are called to be used by God in battle against our enemies. Our confessions need to be or be corresponding to the names of God. The consistency that of these names, because every name of God is a promise for us that is given to us in Jesus Christ and by Christ Jesus. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my strength in whom I will trust. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is the horn of my salvation. And the Lord is my stronghold. In a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed, and the measure of our faith, we already looked at the lot of our inheritance and the power contained in strength as the name of God Most High, and have turned to look at our lot in the power of a rock as the name of God Most High. That in inner consistency contains an unearthly form of hardness, that is inherent to the nature of our Heavenly Father and is not something that can be comprehended by the abilities of the simple human mind. We note that this nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the existing name, names of God Most High is purposed to be the calling of first a man, a, a calling 
and mantle of a king, a priest, and a prophet, anointed by the Holy Spirit to rule over his earthly body. And if a person is not anointed to reign over his calling, that is his earthly body, in the form of a king, priest and prophet, then this prayer is not for him and will not benefit him. Therefore, the quality in Lexus, identifying a rock in the sense of the characteristic of hardness that we will be studying and has no relation to the definition of the word as it exists in the dictionaries of the world, since a rock in its quality of hardness is an identification and specification of the quality and nature of God exclusively. In scripture, the definition of the word rock as the characteristic hard relating to the natural quality of God most high is illustrated in the following way. This is God and his children also. Hard is resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested or tried, rooted, well-established, immovable, constant, continual, fearless, unquenchable, undiminishing, unpenetrating for sin, free from sin and independent from sin, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to note here that the word healthy, Satan so that he does not put you down. You don't have the ability because you're sick. Here we're talking about a healthy mind and not the illness of the body. Many saints become sick and die as people become sick and die. When it's talking about healthy, that means he had a sober mind, a clear mind, one that is in the truth of the word of God. Here's the quality of a rock in its quality of hardness pertaining to the name of God Most High found in Scripture in these forms. Hard is stone, cliff, a span, a measuring wreath, or a rod, heaviness, weight, and scales. This means a specific weight by which you can determine the price and worth of the weight individual or item. As it is written, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured the heavens with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance? These are, of course, an... This is uh, presented, say, in the form of an allegory and is not to be uh, perceived uh, literally. God weighs not physical mountains and hills, but he weighs rather the weight and, and quality of his promises and his covenant as mountains, as promises, and hills, as covenants. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket, and are counted as the small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. Isaiah 40, 12 through 15. Therefore, the inherited lot contained in the power of the name of God, Rock, contains the ability of the Most High to judge, to measure, or weigh upon the scale of His godly justice all the made by Him creation in order to reward or punish each according to their results. And these results are whether he did good or evil while he was here. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this written was 
writing was written. It was uh, for Belshazzar, the king of Babylon. And this is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel ufarsin. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. <coughs> this is one of the uh, words of the angelic language that Satan doesn't understand. And in order to know it, you can't translate it. There's no dictionary would be able, that would be able to interpret it. You need a revelation to understand what that word means. One word in in tongues may have two sentences. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Peres, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians, and they'll take your soul from you as you keep reading. Daniel 5.24-28 According to what we have learned here, to be clothed into the power of a rock of the Lord is to be clothed into the fear of the Lord that is into wisdom that comes from above, giving us the ability to judge or to weigh upon the scale plates of the Lord, first ourselves and then those people that we are responsible for. You shall not have in your bag differing weights, a heavy and a light. You shall not have in your house differing measures, a large and a small. You shall have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure, that your days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord your God gives, the Lord your God is giving you. For all who do such things are, and all who behave unrighteously, are an abomination to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 25.13-16 Scales or scale plates of the Lord pertaining to the name of God Rock is the absolute power and ability of the Most High, identified as His wisdom to fairly judge or weigh all the made by Him creation, so that each one weighed upon the plates of these scales receive His reward according to His results, what He did in the body, good or bad. Weights of the Most High are commandments and statutes of the Most High according to which He judges or weighs upon the scale plates of justice the made by Him creation. Upon the one plate He puts His commandments and on the other a person. And if they are not in balance, then a person is not able to uh, enter the kingdom of heaven. He will not be allowed in. God said that we ourselves need to do this. When we do this ourselves, we weigh ourselves, we can prepare ourselves. But when we don't do this, then God will do that, and then what will happen with us will happen with will be what happened with Belshazzar. Therefore, to possess the power of the Most High, consisting in His name, Rock, is to possess power to the right to judge yourself and judge those people that we carry responsibility for within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of the Lord, or to weigh your words and actions upon the scale plates of justice of the Most High, as well as the words and actions of those people that we carry responsibility for, and to apprehend and be clothed into the unearthly virtue of a rock in the sense of the characteristic hardness contained in the name of God Most High which satisfies our hunger and thirst and gives us power over our calling we came to the necessity to look at four classical questions and these are first what in essence is the characteristic of hardness as it pertains to the power of a rock second what purpose is the characteristic of hardness called to fulfill in our prayer what price do we need to pay in order to be clothed into the characteristic of hardness and fourth by what results do we judge that we are truly possessing the characteristic of hardness consisting in the power of a rock as the name of God most high 
We've noted that all of the names of God discover themselves in each other because they are dissolved in one the other, come one from the other, and demonstrate one in the other, empowering one the other, and identifying the truthful nature of one the other. Any name of God in the life of a person separate from God's other names will not be legitimate, since the legitimacy of any name of God in the life of a person is examined by its balance and its mix or dissolvement in all the other names of God. Therefore, in the given Psalm of David, the eight names of God Most High are presented in the form of a sequence where each succeeding name is a demonstration of the previous name or discovers itself in the following after itself name. We need to apply all of our effort and our knowledge and our energy to know our inheritance in the lost in all of the names of God. Uh, names of God most high in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths in a specific format we've already looked at the first two questions and stopped to study the third question what price do we need to pay in order to have the right to clothe our spirit into the characteristic of the hardness of God so that God would receive the legitimate basis to keep us in his perfect peace as it is written you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you Isaiah 26.3 In a specific format, we've already looked at the price of four conditions that, when fulfilled, are called to clothe our spirit into a rock of the Lord. Therefore, we will turn to look at the fifth condition, which consists in implementing God's order into our calling or subject our calling to the structure of God by the means of righteous judgment. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to rule of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter that they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all the people shall also go to their place in peace Exodus 18:21 through 23 God's counsel to God God's counsel to Moses by Jethro his father-in-law I will remind us that the legitimacy and ability to judge with a just judgment already by itself identifies our spirit having the quality of a rock of God. First, each one of us is called to judge themselves and those people that we are responsible for in accordance to the demands of the order of of the function of the body of Christ in order to know within what boundaries we are called to submit ourselves to the word of authority. We don't need to... Uh, subject ourselves or submit ourselves to any word be that uh, any person around you if they don't speak according to God's truth if it is not according to God's truth we are not required to obey it I like those rabbis that when they marry uh, a man and a woman they make a they have them make a choice in front of everyone they say enegda, the word uh, helper, that means in Hebrew to stand for him, with him, and against him also. And they tell her, do you promise, do you give the oath that 
if your husband will follow the Torah, the five books, then you will be for him and support him. But if your husband will not follow the Torah, then you will break your relationship with him and will marry another instead. And she says yes. And only after that he marries them. That's how people need to be married. If you married a Christian person and he turns out to be a drunkard and a, a, a drug addict, a, a lazy person that does not support or work with his family, you can divorce and marry another person in this case. If your wife also was a Christian person, you married someone as a Christian person, but then she turned out to be absolutely someone else, she doesn't want to know God, then you can, in the same way, break your relationship and marry another. I will remind us, we note that the raw quality of our spirit first consists in the fact that each one of us has specific things for which we are called to carry responsibility for and make decisions for. And if we will not be doing this and give the initiative to our neighbor, we not only will lose our sovereignty, but will also encourage. Again, if we lose our sovereignty, we give this initiative, that means to your husband, wife, neighbor, friend, whomever, whomever it may be, we will lose our sovereignty, but will also encourage our neighbor to break our sovereign boundaries. At work, the uh, boss always wants you to fulfill your own duties. When I first, when I came to work, I... Uh, I uh, was doing my work. I finished my work. Then I picked up the broom uh, and w just decided to sweep. And the supervisor told me, put it down. I did not pay uh, you to sweep here. Put the broom back. And I noticed that the wife of the boss was coming uh, in the evenings, coming to wash the bathrooms and and in the Russian culture. So say they, this would be kind of a low uh, uh, thing, but here she, it was. It, it's normal. Uh, they want you to be fulfilling your professional duties, and they will handle the rest. While looking at the qualities, which are the price for the right to possess the virtue of a rock of God within our spirit, so that we can rule over ourselves in accordance to the demands that are implemented by God in Scripture, we decided to look at the first phrase of the studied by us text, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and play, and place such. We yield four characteristics from this writing that we need to have so that our spirit could be clothed into a rock of the Most High, giving us the right to the power to rule over ourselves as well as over those people that we carry responsibility for before God and be satisfied then with much of God's peace. And so again, you need to be an able man, having the fear of God be a man of truth and hate covetousness. In the previous services, in a specific format, we already looked at the first two characteristics, giving us the right to the power to be clothed into the rock of the Most High and stop to look at the third characteristic. This is to be a man of truth. To be a man of truth or a fair man is to stand guard of the code of righteousness in accordance to which we are called to think, speak, and act. Relevant to the subject, we turn to a place of scripture where ten components are presented, by which we need to determine how much we correspond to the requirements of being a man of truth in order to allow God the ability to clothe us into the inheritance 
and, in, and the inherent to him quality of a rock. See that no one render evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.15-24 through 24. And so 10 here that we can see, code of righteousness, to be a uh, truthful, a man of truth, and to clothe our spirit into the quality of a rock. Do not render evil for evil to anyone. Always pursue what is good both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things that are good to God, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Considering that the definition of being a man of truth is to stand guard of your dedication by the means of continuous sanctification, I will remind us that first, sanctification of what is being dedicated is separating the pure from impure and the holy from unholy. And second, sanctification of what is being dedicated is to be vigilant in prayer, where we keep or protect our heart from all kinds of evil. And foreign thoughts. We already looked at the first three conditions, therefore we will immediately pay attention to the fourth condition. The fourth requirement of being a man of truth in your dedication to God by the path of sanctification is to pray without ceasing. Not being a king and a priest of God in the virtue of which a person receives a unique ability and right to rule with his informational organ over his emotional organ, it is impossible to sustain and be a warrior in prayer. The informational organ is called to rule over the emotional aspect of our soul. This state is in which the intelligent aspect of our soul voluntary is placed in dependence of the intelligent aspect of our new person. Such an order elevates a person into the rank of a warrior in prayer and makes them a worshiper of God, one that worships God in spirit and in truth. To pray without ceasing or continuously pray is to possess within your spirit the Thummim in the form of the truth of the elementary principles of Christ and the Urim in the form of the individual Holy Spirit who reveals the truth within your heart. For the sake of these two sacred virtues was the holy garment created and the breastplate of judgment with the twelve gold settings in which were then placed twelve precious stones with the names of the sons of Jacob written upon these stones. Considering this, that the breastplate of judgment was continual memorial before God and was a symbol of continual prayer, which in every service for a decent amount of time has been and will be a component <coughs> of our deep study. We'll go to the fifth requirement as well. The fifth requirement of being a man of truth, stand guard of your dedication to, to God by true sanctification, is to thank God and the Father for everything who has called us to, to take part in the inheritance of the saints in the light. The essence of this condition is that we are called to thank God only for that form or that format of redemption that comes from in, from information of the preached to us seed of the word of truth, it would have been very unwise and foolish to thank God for what comes from evil, from the evil one and those who are carriers of lawlessness. Because people get the idea that we need to thank God for everything. But the truth of the matter is that 
only the things that come from God, the things that God desires for you. It is noteworthy that without our thanksgiving to God for all that comes from Him, our sanctification that stands guard of our dedication will be lost and will no longer be dedication because thanksgiving to God for the works of redemption is showing your uh, the faith of your heart without which no one will please God. And so, bring or draw God's favor upon yourself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the in the night season, and I am not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Psalm 22, 1 through 3. He cries out, but he says, you are holy. He makes he makes a note here, you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel, and begins to thank God for what God has already done and placed upon our account, although may, we may not experience this in our life already. And when we begin to thank God for what is not yet existing, but that God has already placed upon our account for those promises and for that hope, then... The Holy Spirit receives the ability to take these words and immediately uh, apply them to us in a timely manner. Thanksgiving and a prayer is something unique, the demonstration or opening of a thankful heart before God. And we will remember that in Scripture, the quality and character of the word thanksgiving is ascribed in prayer as a commandment, as an a uh, command that should not be deviated from or as a a military command that if not fulfilled will break our relationship with God the unthankful will not be saved according to scripture the definition of the es- definition and essence of thanksgiving is linked to the quality of our faith which is linked also to the quality of our obedience to God. Before we continue to study the quality and nature of a thankful heart, I want to remember or remind us of some of the sayings of thanksgiving of some famous philosophers, politicians, and men of study. Because their opinion, their point of view of the essence of thanksgiving, as unfortunate as it may be, is sometimes greater and better than those that are supposed to be an example of this uh, Thanksgiving. I removed their names and just their Thanksgiving, the most sought after form of politeness. Thanksgiving is acceptance and a sign of the generosity of the soul. Thanksgiving is that little bit that you cannot purchase with money. Most often, it is the unthankful ones that expect Thanksgiving. The one that is thankful, even when angry, does not betray his beliefs. Thanksgiving for an uplifted soul is sometimes not as much an obligation, but rather satisfaction. It's a debt that she generously and constantly pays, never wanting to part from it. I trust that this saying is from, of course, a person of God. Thanksgiving and prayer can come no other way but only from a good and thankful heart. That is the kind of heart a warrior in prayer has. That is how his prayer will also be. 
The first sign of the nature of thanksgiving and prayer identifying the righteousness of our heart, providing God the proper basis to make us strong and immovable in faith, is the result identifying the nature of praise in worshiping God. The term praise in thanksgiving is a legitimate instrument that confirms the format of legitimate relationship a person has with God. With God, And so, by the means of praise, in the format of thanksgiving, a person or children of God are called to confirm the right to their legitimate relationship with God and to build a relationship with God and to receive timely help from God. When praise to God comes from a thankful heart of a person, then such a thanksgiving from the side of man is that nature of grace that gives God the proper basis to respond to the grace of a person and show His grace to them. Because one of the meanings of grace is thanksgiving. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. In some of the other languages, it's translated a bit incorrectly in where it says grace upon grace. But correctly here as grace for grace is written, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. John 1, 16, 17. In other words, turn to me and I will turn to you. When we turn to God, we demonstrate to him our thanksgiving, our favor, and then to our favor, to our grace, God responds with his favor or his grace. This is pretty much is a, a guard that stands of the mutual uh, agreement a person has with God where a person again demonstrates his thanksgiving his grace and God demonstrates his own therefore it says thus says the Lord of hosts return to me says the Lord of hosts I will return to you says the Lord of hosts Zechariah 1 3 and so first the Lord waits and says return to me and how can a person return to him when a person sees the light he turns to the light if he sees the light and then this light turns back to him the praise of a person in prayer in the form of thanksgiving is the grace that he demonstrates to God in showing the faith of his heart where he pours out to God the consistency of his heart who God is for him in Christ Jesus, what God has done for him in Christ Jesus, who he is to God in Christ Jesus. In Hebrew, the grace of a person identified as a thanksgiving to God is demonstrating his praise to God for the work that God has done in the plan of the redemption of his spirit, soul, and body. To praise present is to present evidence to the right to praise God. David presented this evidence. List the names and titles of God. I had asked one a leader, a pastor of the charismatic service, of a charismatic service, why in your songs you sing only one word, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Uh, call God some, uh, by his other names. He says, you he says you understand that you sing for 15 minutes with the same word and then something opens up this uh, euphoric type of uh, feel uh, big uh, comes over you that's what the Buddhists do too then their mantra they 
repeat the same words and then you open up the entry for the devil. You allow God, the devil in. We're not created in a way to always uh, repeat the same things. We always need to be original. A prayer is a work of art. We need to create it. See how David created it and, and built it. You see, in prayer he presented eight names of God. There's another prayer in another psalm in the hundred uh 139th Psalm, he brings forth 10 names of God. But here, not even the name of God, but just the same old thing. And so we need to be careful with these things. And so in Hebrew, as I said, these 10 components list the names and titles of God, list the perfect works of God. Thank God for the work He has already done. Oftentimes, the Psalms of David, you'll see how David praises God for the fact that he led the nation of Israel out of Egypt, and every detail he describes and praises God for it. Although God did not lead him physically, his fathers had come out, but he, for every individual detail, he, he, he lists it and praises God for it. Every person is led out of their Egypt, and when they praise God for those details, uh, uh, God allows you give God the ability, allow God to lead you out, make you free. Thank God for the work He has already done. Boast about God. Honor God with your tithes and offerings. Remain and not abandon your place. Be faithful in your calling. Study and fulfill the desires of God. Trust in God and hope upon God. Imagine what it means to praise God. First, this format of praise as thanksgiving to God is an identification of the kingdom of heaven in the heart of a man. Second, such a format of praise in thanksgiving is the atmosphere, the climate and midst in which the Lord abides and demonstrates himself, which becomes the hope of our salvation. I will present the psalm once more. Psalm of David, Psalm 22, 1 through 5. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the night season, and am not silent. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were, de and were delivered. Praise is a trust when we demonstrate our trust to, to, to God and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. In this prayer, this intercession of David, we in our time paid attention to these unique moments. First, the fact that the prayer cry that continues day and night it remains without a response until the thanksgiving of a person is uh, looped in for the work of God's redemption. The fact that a prayer cry that is dissolved with thanksgiving of a man also needs to be linked to the genealogy of Israel or your organic membership to the fathers or connection to the fathers of Israel. Third, a prayer cry of a person that is with a thanksgiving has the thanksgiving of a heart of a person is an identification of the evidence of your hope upon God. Only this kind of offering that contains this kind of thanksgiving in the format of praise honors God and is acceptable to God. And so an absence of such thanksgiving of praise in your in your prayer when a person is shouting, crying, but does not thank God for what he he 
uh, asks for that it's already responded to and is upon his account, which is why many prayers will never be heard by God, because these prayers do not have thanksgiving, an acceptable praise to God that testifies before God that you are faithful and that you are relying upon his protection. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Psalm 50, 23. Our path that we need to watch after is identified in Scripture as the boundaries of our responsibility for someone or something, and first of all, ourselves. Watching your path or watching after your way is the ability to judge first yourself in accordance to the demands, requirements, guidelines that are written in Scripture. That is to possess this quality of a rock in your spirit. It allows us to weigh ourselves upon the scales of justice. Watching your way is preamble or preparation of bearing an offering of praise to God. That is our offering of praise in thanksgiving. One of the components of the identifications of righteousness is our thanksgiving to God, demonstrating or demonstrated in fulfilling our calling in the body of Christ. One of the components of uncleanness is the black un, uh, uh, blackness of the unthankful heart or refusing to fulfill your role in the body of Christ. When a person, because of their decision, chooses to leave their place, their thanksgiving that is demonstrated in the offering of praise instead of being a protection of God will will prompt God's wrath upon them because he leaves leaving your church is to divorce your wife and say let us just be in peace i have loved another she likes i like her more how will the wife feel in this situation will she want to have good relationships with you when you have told her that another is more likable and but wants to remain in peace this doesn't happen in scripture the church is our wife and when we uh, leave it when we enter we make a covenant with this church with this wife and leaving it just because I liked another church it's different if this church is a mausoleum then of course it needs to be left if the church you made a covenant with is a mausoleum. But if there's some kind of hippie where they're shouting and dancing and you like it more, as some said, you know, I like it more there. There's praise and dancing and they shout and they praise it. And here it's a little bit uh, boring uh, and pressing, they say. Of course, manna for the soul is pressing, and it's there's no salt there. And what is this manna and manna? It's bread with it's like bread with honey. In Egypt, we ate uh, garlic and 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 melons. The children didn't understand what the parents talked about because they never ever tried the melons. They never tried the garlic. They were born in the wilderness. They only ate the manna, but those already tried the other food. And so they were 
for a while and then said maybe it's better for us to return to Egypt they left Egypt but didn't actually leave it in their heart and wanted they took it out with them and that's why God uh, punished them but for those who uh, that manna was food to them God led them in to the Canaanite land To refuse to walk, watch after your way is the refusal to carry the place upon you by God responsibility. And this will result in our names being blotted out of the book of life. Only for the righteous who keep their place in the body of Christ is it good to, uh, is it beautiful to praise God. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from upright is beautiful. Beautiful in this situation is right, acceptable, virtuous, worthy, timely, and wonderful. And so if our thanksgiving in praise is brought forth without an organic membership to the place of the body of Christ, then this kind of praise is considered unacceptable to God. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Psalm 147.1 Here as praise as there, where it doesn't describe here as the uh, we, I, here I'm talking about symbolic as some people want other flavors, so so to say, of praise. Praise that is acceptable means to uh, be in within the requirement of the demands of the holiness of God, be separated from evil, to be to not have access or be separate from disobedience, be dependent on the revelations of God, to pray And consider the uh, to pray and uh, pretty much uh, be efficient with your time, and rely upon the uh, help of God, and satisfy and please God. And so, uh, when you're not standing uh, and watching after your way, then you may be led astray and go very far and have to return all the way back to redirect your way or your path again. In other words, uh, praise of a person in his prayer is a demonstration of his thanksgiving when we collaborate with the protection of God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, 7 The absence of legitimate thanksgiving in your prayer is the absence in the heart of a person of the kingdom of heaven and members this person to the category of the called that came uh, to the banquet 
in their own personal wedding, uh, in their own personal robes or, cl- or clothing and not the wedding clothing they're supposed to have on. For I say to you that none of these men who were invited shall taste my supper, for many are called, but few are chosen. Luke 14, 24. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. 2 Timothy 3, 1, 2. Thanksgiving and prayer is the result of the fruit of our spirit and the quality of, disobe- of, of obedience and discipline. To be unthankful is to receive the undeserved by us work by God and not following his requirement and conditions in the process. Worship that does not have legitimate thanksgiving is not able to be called worship in spirit and in truth. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who live forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sit on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Revelations 4, 9 through 11. Thanksgiving, that is in accordance to the demands of spirit and truth, is Thanksgiving where a person, all of the earnings or uh, thing that he has, does not see them as the result of his own uh, energy or strength or ability, but confesses that if it weren't for the Lord, I would not have been able to do this. You oftentimes will hear, the Lord did this through me or this through me, as if, He's saying as if God did it, but he's actually claiming glory for himself. He says, if it weren't for the Lord, then I would never be able to do this. This is different. When a person ascribes the results of his achievements or his exclusiveness, he begins to uh, pretty much burn incense to himself and pride himself before others. This is an identification of an unthankful heart. And this is then no longer acceptable to the Lord, but to the unclean spirit. The category of these people is well seen in the uh, parable of Christ, the two sons, one that has thanksgiving in his heart to his father for his salvation, but the other has a hard heart and demonstrates his bitterness and anger. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to them, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed a fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. Time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I may, might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. You know that a large offering was brought 
only for kings, priests, and prophets, or for the entire nation as a whole, but never from an individual person. God did God request this. An individual person could bring a uh, a lamb, but not a goat. Uh, that means he saw them in the form of a priest. But you you never gave me a young goat even, he says. That means he was not even saved at this time, not talking about him not being a priest. But as soon as this son of yours came, you have devoured. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Luke 15:25 through 32 to spend everything of your father's is to turn it to profit in this situation. To spend all of the livelihood of the father, this is our fathers and we turn it to profit we find a place where we can invest it to invest means to lose the silver to then receive it again with gain in this parable we see this meaning I trust that few have thought about this that in this parable we see the concept of how we need to need to convert the silver of our salvation that is given to us in the format of a guarantee. The friends of the younger and older son were the desires of our soul that we cover with the fig leaves that we are called to save by the by losing our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus. And so the further place uh, far place where the young uh, son went and spent everything is a symbol of the cross of Christ upon which our old person was crucified with Christ. The old person lives uh, the way that he does in sin and the far place where he went from where he then returned without his friends. Without these thoughts and without these destructive corrupt uh, desires. Because of the collaboration of his of our cross with the cross of Christ the younger son was separated from his friends in the form of his desires and the silver of the salvation that he had invested was returned to him with profit that is the salvation of his soul from the second death according to this parable to be thanksgiving is to receive your justification in salvation as the younger son did and to be unthankful is to earn your salvation upon the fields of your own personal good work and evangelism, waiting for thanksgiving from the sight of God for your religious work. Therefore, the difference between the friends of the younger son and the older son was that the friends of the younger son in the form of his destructive desires were condemned and left by him. At the same time, the friends of the older son in the form of his corrupt desires were clothed into his religious work for which he was still expecting thanksgiving from his father. You can imagine these religious people that do this, they are waiting, they literally are waiting. They have pretty much obligated God that he is required to give them something specific. The younger son did not uh, expect anything. He trusted upon God's mercy, only upon the mercy of the father. Maybe he will show me mercy. 
we need to understand that everything we do, whatever acts we uh, we make, we're not receiving salvation for any work that we're doing, good work, or any service that we uh, perform. We receive salvation by the redemption, the work that Christ did for us. Otherwise, our salvation would not have been the work of redemption, but the work of our own hands. You didn't even give me a young goat. I, with great sorrow, uh, say this, how the, a lot of the Christians around us are marching to hell because the concept of their service is evangelism. Why do you not help the poor, they ask? Why don't you uh, prepare dinners uh, for the bums? Maybe we should offer our parking lot so that they can camp out here as well and put uh, portable restrooms for them as well. When one of the churches did this, and my son uh, actually lives near there, Uh, and so they uh, wrote a letter to all the neighbors was written that they should go out and uh, state that it, they're against this uh, and the government then uh, uh, forbid them from uh, setting up like this and this church uh, has a very tolerant uh, they have their rainbow flag they except uh, homosexuals and bums are the work uh, uh, not of the church oh, and the issue not of the church but you pay taxes and the government can handle this uh, corrupted tolerance many of these bums are just regular lazy men and women they know that because they live as bums they receive more than when they work somewhere every bum receives subsidy specific subsidies they don't pay any taxes of any kind they have a place where they can take a shower, eat this first, second, and third place, uh, change into clean clothing, and live free. They have all of this. If that's not enough, they're given food stamps, and they're given, all this is given to these uh, homeless people. <laughs> a person says, oh, he has depression. You know, there was war, and there was true depression, and people worked and survived. They would work for food and a piece of bread and could work all day for it for the sake of receiving bread so they not die. This is the fault of the tolerant government that this is happening. And the Democratic Party is the one that has pushed all of this forth, this tolerance. The idea of democracy is this democratic system is actually a... Uh, uh, it, uh, tricky and and I'm not talking about them right now but we but I know that 
people watch us, they listen to us. So people need to wake up. They're called to save their soul. What good is it that you save the whole world but lose your soul? You never gave me a young goat. You didn't even give me salvation so that I could rejoice with my friends. Because his friends, his desires, because uh, corrupt desires were helping him, his this can either draw a person into drugs, this can draw a person into alcohol, into thievery, but they can also draw a person uh, to praise, to s prayers, to become a, a, a preacher, to become a pastor, to become an evangelist. These are also uh, uh, forms of religiousness, and these are dangerous. We've talked about this more than once, that the one of the most dangerous idols in the church is anointing, blessings, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. They become idols when we begin to seek not the one who blesses, but the blessing, not the one that anoints, but the anointing itself, not the giver, but gifts of the Holy Spirit instead. <clears throat> this is very dangerous. I thank God that <clears throat> that you <clears throat> and I trust that you're not part of this category of the older son. <clears throat> and what we have from God is a great mercy and we did not earn it. <clears throat> this is God's mercy. Uh, we've received it upon God's conditions just as the younger son did. Right now, we are going to thank God. We'll bend our knees and pray, and we'll, we will pray. We'll thank God. May the Lord bless us. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again and again upon this holy place that you have appointed for us. And not looking at the fact that Many times Satan tried to take this place from us, but you helped us, and you have given it to us. We know this is your mercy, your great mercy. You have placed us here in a good place, a place that is roomy, and we will increase according to your mercy and we will praise your mercy because everything we have is yours and from you. Our heart with thanksgiving bows before you. I thank you that you have taught us to start our prayers with thanksgiving because everything that we desire or we have need in rather is already responded to 2,000 years ago and is placed upon our account in Jesus Christ. And if it, it tarries for whatever reason, then this reason is salvation. You said that if the Lord tarries, He, he is doing this so that we be saved. Sometimes He waits for this very reason healing of the body doesn't come sometimes for the reason that God is saving our spirit and soul at the time at the moment we may not see this physically but when the time comes we will see that and we will be able to then say that my steps have passed by glorious 
glorious ways, glorious things. And we will not speak evil and speak badly about our past life that it was difficult and it was for because of someone or something, but we'll glorify you because you have led us by your way to teach us to trust in you, to wait for your mercy, and with perseverance, wait for the fulfillment of your promises. We with patience and with thanksgiving of the heart, wait for the adoption of our body by your redemption. And we thank you that you have opened the eyes of our heart, and we see that we live in these last days a time where you are ready to reveal your promises but for this to happen you need for your nation to cast off their old person with his deeds to renew their mind by the spirit of their mind and only afterwards confess the promise of resurrection clothing yourself ourselves into the power of your son Jesus Christ thank you that you give us the opportunity to be clothed into the armor of light into our new person our body still hasn't noticed this but we continue to live and we tell our body and our soul that for them there's a great future that awaits them here on earth that darkness that is so thick will not be there for long that soon the sun of truth shall rise and healing in its race will come for every one of us individually we thank you father of heaven and earth for your grace for your word and worship before you our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen